This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. You gotta listen to it. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Inside the Garage podcast. I'm Kyle Hamilton along with AJ Wallace, Connor Adigan, and Cam Hart. Uh, today, we have another special guest, all-pro NFL safety, Jordan Poyer of the Buffalo Bills. It's good, Jordan. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, boys. What's up, man? I appreciate y'all having me on, dog. Let's get hey, to it. Good, brother. Mm-hmm. Where you at right now? I'm in South Florida, man. I stay in Fort Lauderdale. Came out to Florida about six years ago. Met my wife. She was at FAU. My first time ever coming to Florida. I'm flying over. I'm seeing the palm trees. I'm like, man, this guy, I, <laughs> I don't need to go nowhere else in the off-season, bro. So I've been stuck out here for six, seven years now. I feel that. So um originally from Oregon. Yep. Um, went to Oregon State, got drafted in the seventh round, I believe, right? Yep, 218. 218. 218. Yep. Yeah. By the birds. Let's go. By the birds. <laughs> yep. Jordan and I, we uh trained down in Florida at Peabar Marito for what the month of May. Yep. He's pretty cool. Um had a few NFL <laughs> guys there. So <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably some ropes. So, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yes, um, sir, man. How's it plan for the Bills? Um, you In 2021, uh, y'all went to the AFC game, lost to the Chiefs. Um, how was that being on the field, playing against Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, all that? Yeah, man. Uh, first of all, you know, the team is just such a really cool group of guys. I mean, I always tell the rookies when they come in, man, like you, you really won't ever be around a better group of you know, just, just men, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I've been, in, I've been in Philly. I've been in, I've been in Cleveland. I was in Cleveland for three and a half years and, you know, just the relationships that we built in Buffalo, you know, this is going into my sixth year in Buffalo. So going into year 10, my sixth year in Buffalo, you know, I have a comrade, my Micah High dude, uh, me and him came in together in 2017 and really, you know, the, it was a whole culture shift. And so it's really been cool to be a part of that, you know, that shift, you know, the bills hadn't been relevant for, for a long time since we've been there. We always heard about it, you know, coming to Buffalo, like dude, the bills ain't been to the playoffs in 20 years. And so like, you know, me and him came coming in in 2017, you know, I got hurt in Cleveland, um, 
Like I hurt my it was the first year I earned starting. It was my fourth year in the league. Um, lacerated my kidney in week six. So I was done for the year. Um, that was my contract year. Buffalo picked me up. You know, it wasn't a crazy deal. I signed a four year for $13 million deal in 2017. And it was it, Right. You know what I'm saying? 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 I know what you're saying. You know what I'm talking about. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, and so I got hurt. It was really just another opportunity for me to build on my career. You know, I didn't really know what to expect coming to Buffalo, but, you know, meeting Micah and really, you know, just going to work with him every day. And then obviously the guys that they were able to bring in, like Tredavious White, you know, Taryn Johnson, you know, even got, you know, Levi Wallace and, um, you know, Levi's in Pittsburgh now. But like I said, those relationships, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, those relationships that we built over the years, uh, it's really second to none. And I can't really think of a better situation for me to be in and being in Buffalo right now. It's a really cool team to be a part of. Obviously, you know, we lost last, last year in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. And uh, no, it wasn't even the AFC Championship game. The year before was the AFC Championship game. Last year, we lost in the second round to the Chiefs. It's hard, man. You know, you play... You play this game a long time, you know, you learn how to deal with the wins and learn how to deal with the losses. Obviously, some are harder than others, but, you know, life goes on and you still, you know, you have goals, you know, coming in this year. And, and you know, obviously you want to be better the next year, but what's the step that you're going to take to to get there, you know? And, you know, I think, like I said, we have the right group of guys in that locker room to to do that. Obviously, I think we got the best quarterback in the damn league. So, you know, that being said, I think the sky's the limit for this team. You know, obviously, there's a lot of high expectations on, on our football team, but, you know, we like to keep things you know, real, you know, we like to keep, we come into work every day and we just work. That's what we do, you know, and Buffalo is not a big city to where you can go out and get in trouble and do, you know, do dumb stuff. It's really a close knit group, a close community. And, you know, it's like you, you play a game at, at one o'clock, play a game at one o'clock and, you know, me and a couple of the guys are out golfing on the golf course, you know, after I, you know, and we, we go out golfing, we go out to the guy's house. There's no, you know, we don't go no out way. to the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's not, yo, golfing after the game? After the games, bro. I mean, that's yeah. true. Uh, that's dope. Nine, that's dope. Nine goals will come down after game. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's kind of cool. You know, Michael Jordan did it. Shit, Michael Jordan was golfing during the playoffs. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know hey, before the game. That's before the game. Like, <laughs> so one of the greatest ever. So, And it's a game that I appreciate. Golf is a game that I appreciate. It's a game that I do love, and I want to continue to get better. It's taught me a lot of lessons, not only in life, but even, you know, a lot of it trans is over on the onto the football field as far as your mental aspect, as far as being right. able to really, you know, you hit a shitty shot, you know, you know, if you have to make a bad play, you don't want to turn one bad play into two bad plays in a sense. You know, you got to focus on the next play, focus on the next shot, because that's what's most important. You know, football is a game where mistakes are going to be made. And usually, you know, it's the people that are able to handle those situations, handle those mistakes the right way are those are the ones that come out on top. So, you know, I, you know, like I said, Buffalo's been cool, man. I've enjoyed my time out there and definitely want to come away with the ring before I leave. Definitely. You, you speak about your locker room a little bit. We but we all play with uh Nick McLeod. He came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Really, cloud, bro. Bro. really good dude, bro. Really good dude, man. It's kind of sure. hard, hard worker, man. He like I always tell him, man, he always reminded me of myself. Like, you know, just a guy who maybe been been overlooked, you know, maybe been um, you know, coming in and, and having to be on the peace squad, coming in and having to really just earn your way, you know, earn your way up. And you know, I see his growth, you know, from year one to year two, and I see it, you know, he, I, I I missed all OTAs, but I know he was out there working. But then when I came back, you know, I saw what he's been putting together. You know, they got him playing corner. They got him playing safety. Like, you know, he's just an athlete. Um, and that's a guy that you got to respect and a guy that you root for, too. So I really enjoy being around Nick, man. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him.
Definitely, definitely. That's love. Yeah. So I, I got a uh, question about the locker room too. So, so Coach McDermott's actually a family friend. My uncle and him grew up together. So okay. I just kind of want to. You got any like funny stories or like I don't know. Like what do you what do you think about him? Like he's, he's a great coach, man. He's a great coach. He's a terrible joke teller. Uh, and he, <laughs> like not even a terrible joke teller, but sometimes his timing be a little off. So where it's like. Was that really supposed to be joke time, Coach? But, you know, it was like, he's just a coach that, that believed in me. Um, you know, a lot of times in this league, like, you get coaches that, you know, they're just maybe just coaching for their paycheck. You could tell that the coaches in Buffalo are really invested. You know, him and Leslie Frazier, Bobby Babbage, John Butler, man, guys who really all, you know, saw me and believed in me. And, I mean, and, and a player, really, that's all you want is somebody to, you know, somebody at that level to believe in you. You know, as a young player in Philadelphia, you know, it was kind of hard finding that route. And it was, you know, you're digging, you're trying to you know, make the plays, you know, and, and dude, I ain't gonna lie. I Going to Philly was my first time ever on the East Coast. I was 21 years old oh, and I was by myself and I went to go play for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was a coach at Oregon at the time I was at Oregon State. Growing up, I always wanted to fucking go to Oregon. I'm sorry, can I say something? No, you good. Growing up, I always wanted to go to Oregon, man. And Chip Kelly was there, didn't recruit me. I actually signed to go to Oregon State as a gray shirt, which basically means, um, you know, you don't come until the winter term. So it'd be like January. You basically miss the whole first season. You come start doing spring ball. Um, after that so season, did, so, so did you stay home? Like, so once you graduated high school, did you just stay you, home? Until- you would stay. You would basically stay home. Like, I guess you could do some classes um, at the campus. Uh, I guess to get ahead, a lot of people who gray shirt are actually they actually graduated earlier because they were able to um, mm-hmm. obviously take their classes earlier. Yeah, I, I didn't know what I was going to do uh, when I did sign. They said it was, it was possible that you know I could be still brought into uh, to training camp. So. Uh, I was had I had high hopes. I was a baseball player in high school too. I got drafted out of high school, and and that had a, a lot of my decision to go to Oregon State was because they were lot, they were going to allow me to play both baseball and football there. Uh, okay. So I played two years two years of baseball and football at Oregon State. It was hard, dude. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know. It, I went to it, dude. I mean, my grades were so bad at one point. I had to, it was like, dude, I gotta I gotta figure something out. I had to choose after my sophomore year. Uh, between baseball and football and I always tell people it was a play that happened my sophomore year that it was like you know this is this is it actually we were playing SC on a Friday night and Matt Barkley who I'm teammates with now ironically he took a three-step drop and threw an out route and I just jumped it and took it to the crib and I mean it's just that pure adrenaline I mean y'all know like making big plays there's nothing there ain't nothing like making a big play in the game dog. like Cause it's you, bro. It's like your moment, bro. You'll sit like, and it was like that moment right there. I was like, man, this is what I want to do. So I just, I kind of put all, all my eggs in one basket. And, you know, just, you know, I had, I had obviously coaches that guided me, coaches that, that, you know, continue to believe in me. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what's got me this far in the league so far. You know, I feel like I've always just kind of been an underdog. You play yourself, your freshman and sophomore year, right? Like you had, a bit a pretty big impact your freshman year yourself. My freshman year, I was just more like on special teams. I mean, I had like two fumble recoveries. Uh, I was basically just a gunner uh, and a kick returner. Actually, I mm-hmm. I almost took one to the hot pill. <laughs> First time I ever I ever stepped back. It's a return of kick. I Man, I'm 18 years old. I'm at the Coliseum against USC, bro. Like, and I almost took it to the crib. I got it down to like the 20, but like it was like those moments right there 
that are, are the moments that, you know, propel me to want to play this game and want to be the best player that I can at this game, basically. So we always talk about like how hard, well, I don't know how it was at Oregon State, but at Notre Dame, shit was tough, especially our freshman, sophomore year, just trying to manage school, football, social life, all that stuff. And it's, it was like some of the hardest times of my, my life. Uh, and they can speak for themselves, but how did you manage being there to play baseball, football, school, social life, family, all that shit? Yeah, don't do like your schedule. Yeah, yeah I didn't. I, the yeah. first, it was hard, man, because I didn't really manage it that well. It was just, I was basically just an athlete on campus. I was, I, was, I, I would go to class, but I, you know, wasn't paying attention. But like, I do all my work. You guys have still study hall. Yeah, like course, two hours yeah. At night. I mean, so basically, same schedule as y'all probably have. You get up, you either go to class, you go to weights, or you know, vice versa. Um, you know, whether it's spring ball, you go to your practice, and then maybe you have one more class after practice, and you get dinner, and you go to study hall. It's I, I ain't gonna lie, being in college, being an athlete is a lot harder than uh, than being in the league. I, yeah. I mean, just the responsibilities yeah. as, as that they put on you at 18 years old to like I don't say go to class, go to lifts uh go to go to study hall like you know pass your grades and playing well and you know you got so much to damn focus on it is hard and I, I shoot it is hard I can imagine still having to try to do that you know having to try to and my dad always used the word compartmentalize which has always really stuck with me and it's basically you know putting the things that is important you know right in front of you and really not not worrying about anything else you know it's it's and 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 he he had this acronym it was win you know like what's important now you know, what's important in this moment right now, whether it's, you know, sometimes you, you hear that alarm clock. I know you want to hit snooze, but damn, like, you know, work's calling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's somebody else is getting up too. like, you know, who, who's going to who's going to be up first? Who's going to hit the weights first? And then, you know, and that's kind of just how I always thought, you know, I was just like, you know, somebody else is out there, you know, trying to one up me. You know, somebody else is out there, you know, telling me I'm I'm too slow to this, to that or whatever, bro. I played 194 pounds. I don't give a damn what anybody say. I play strong safety. Like, I had 194 pounds. Like, you can't tell me, like, you can't measure this right here, bro. Like, that's something that you can't really measure. All that all that shit at the combine, all that shit's cool. It ain't nothing you, like, this is what, you know what I'm saying? That's what I believe when games. Like, when it comes down to the nit and grit of it, who's got this right here? Everybody's good. Everybody got, everybody's got talent. You know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, at the, at the next level, everybody's smart. At least you would like to think so. Hey, so yeah. I want to say, you know, everybody, but you know, most yeah. <laughs> smart, you know what I'm saying? And so what's going to be the difference, you know? And I remember going into my, we was nice. My senior year, we were nice. And I specifically remember having like, have? talking to huh? Who'd y'all have your senior year other than you? It was, uh, we had Sean Mannion, a quarterback, Marcus Wheaton at receiver, Brandon Cooks at receiver. It was me and Rashad Reynolds at, at corner. I mean, bro, but like I said, it was, it was a lot of it. I was going to say, before the season even started, I remember meeting with the homies Rashad Marcus. I'm like, yo, like, we, cause we, we were sorry. Like, it was, it wasn't fun. It was like, you know, we was just like going through the motions. It was like, yo, we want to change shit. Like, shit's got to actually change. Like, starting like when we go to our first lift, like of the year. And so I remember doing our first lift. We brought everybody up. Like, look, you know, this shit's got to be different. Like, we got to do something different. Like, don't just go through the motions in here. Like. You know what I'm saying? Get something out of it. So we did our lift and then we did we did those tempo runs. You know those those hundred yards tempo runs. I don't know how many yeah, y'all do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know like 30 we definitely know those. Yep. But he used to have like 30 of them, bro. But like it was like, all right, bro, let's get it. Oh, but nah. it, it, it was little shit. It was little shit. I remember I'll never forget this. It was little shit. Like you got the you got the, the thick white line that you that you're on before you start your hundred, bro. And it was little shit like yo, like. 
get your damn toes, everybody's foot behind the line. It was like those little discipline, these little discipline yeah. shit mm-hmm. goes a long way. You saw it in the AFC Championship when Kansas City should have went to the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady, uh, the the Patriots, the Patriots ended up winning because the dude jumped off sides. Yeah, I mean, it was like what five years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. They, he jumped mm-hmm. off sides. Tom Brady threw a pick. It was well, damn. I wasn't a pick six or something, and 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 the the game would have been over. But mm-hmm. the dude jumped offsides way blatantly and it's little shit like that bro that like it, it goes a long way especially in moments when it's like you're with your teammates bro you know you've been grinding you know you've been working like and you know you put everything into it to be in that moment right there and you're looking at the dude next to you like 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 we got this yo you know what i'm saying like we put in the work like it's here bro like we got this you know so i definitely think all that shit goes a long way man and, and the team that we have in buffalo definitely takes pride in that type of work ethic. And I think that's why we are who we are. Got you, got you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. So in that, um, in that playoff game against the Chiefs with all the overtime controversy, how did you feel about that NFL overtime rule? Thoughts on that? Like it went yeah, like, I always about that. I always tell people this, man. Like everybody wanna ask me about that. And as a as a defensive player, man, I, we gotta make a stop. You know what I'm saying? Like I can, I can sit here and say, oh, the point flip this, point flip that. That's for everybody else to talk about. Like, you no know, situation right there. You know, that's one of the you know times as defender, you know, feel like we let our whole team down. And it mm-hmm. sucks, man. It, it definitely sucks. You know, you never want to feel that way. You put so much work in. Um, throughout the season and in that moment right there the Chiefs were just better they were better they were smarter um and and they they out executed us in that moment and well, I'm not yeah it sucks for a couple of weeks it still sucks but it's nothing that I'm gonna sit here and soak on for the rest of my life you know you know something that you can definitely learn from um you know I still think about it I still think about you know things things I could have did differently things um, we could have did differently, but at the end of the day, we lost the game. And what what can you do? You can learn from it and you can move on and make yourself a better player and a better, better person from it. For sure. And you can move yeah. on to mm-hmm. yeah, for that. So you went how long have you and Micah been playing uh next to each other? You said this is this will be our sixth year, bro. Sixth year. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Obviously, like receivers playing next to each other, O linemen playing next to each other, like it's it's a certain kind of connection, but I feel like safeties especially playing a position like two safeties got to be on the same page every single play. And like you get the whole defense going communication wise, whatever it may be. At what point did you guys, did you know each other before y'all were on the bills together? Yeah, we actually did. We met through a mutual friend, Christian Kersey. He plays linebacker in Houston, but he was with me in Cleveland. Got you. So like how long did it take it to click or like, was it in game, like outside of practice, like meeting together? Like what was that like creating that relationship? Yeah, we we just started to build that relationship and create that trust within each other, dude. Like, I mean, just from the get go, I could tell how he works. I can tell his work ethic. And he was an extremely smart football player. And he was somebody that I actually looked up to because when I was in Cleveland, everybody told me that I looked like Micah Hyde. And he tells me the same story. We both wore number 33 when he was in Green Bay. I wore 33 Mm -hmm. in Cleveland. It's just crazy. He's from a town called Fostoria, Fostoria, Ohio. I'm from a town called Astoria, Oregon. It's it's, it's just just, weird. weird (laughs) We just started to build that relationship and not knowing where it would take us but I, I knew that even after football you know him and I would still have that really cool relationship and we've just been extremely blessed to be able to play alongside each other so long and it's really you know we feed off each other when I make a play I know he wants to make a play when he makes a play I'm you know I'm like damn like I gotta get in the mix now so it's like it, that's in practice we feed off each other we always pushing each other like hey one more rep man like hey one more one more of this one more of that like hey one more play, like coach would be like, yo, hey, 21, 23, you guys are out. We're like, no, nah, fucking, like, you know, we, we good. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Stuff like that. And the game just came natural to us. Like, it just can't, we play off of each other. I can tell, like, we get a call and automatically I know what he's thinking about showing or what he's thinking about doing. And so then I can play off of that. And there's certain calls where it's vice versa. Like, there's certain calls, like, whether I'm a down safety, he knows how I'm going to, how I, how I walked into it, or he knows if I'm already down, how I'm going to bail out of it. And and he's going to play off of that. Cause he can all, we all, we always treated it like they don't pay us like it, but we're the quarterback of the defense. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like mm-hmm. we are the QBs. We talk to the linebackers, we talk to the corners. We talk to the, to the D line. Like we know the stunts it, at safety. I feel like at this level, like you have to know what everybody's doing. 
you have to know you have to know where all 22 people are on the field at the time like where they're moving to you know what i'm saying and i don't you don't got to see all of that but at the same time knowing that just so that it, it creates your instincts to once you know that you can t- have you, you that much quicker reacting to whatever it is you see and so mm-hmm. him and i like i said we just I, were able to play off each other the first game we ever played each other against uh was the jets we but like we both had a cover two pick against Josh McCown. Like it was the end of the game. It was, I think we were down. We were up. No, we were up like seventeen. Yeah, we threw two of them. We, we, we both, got, we both out got there. one. Yeah, we both <laughs> won. first first time first time in a Bills uniform. First time we played at home. It was a home game. Like boom, I got the first one. Cover two. Josh McCown tries to throw some bullshit to Robbie Anderson. I go two. Uh, next <laughs> next one, he he drops back. He tries to throw a whole shot, and Micah just breaks on him before, and he just. I mean, it was an easy easy smooth pick. But like it was like that moment right there. It was like we wanted to continue to feel that. Like that was such a like everybody had looked down. Everybody had had casted us out. Everybody had said, "Oh, they're not going. They're not going to be nothing." Like everybody want to talk about and respect every all the players out there. But don't nobody want to talk about us. And we took that personally. You know what I'm saying? And we took that like, all right, well, ain't nobody gonna talk about us. We gonna make them talk about us. And sure. to be honest, like. We the best safety duo on the league, hands down. I don't care what nobody say. You look what we've done in the past five years together. There's no other safety duo out there that's done what him and I have done. The only thing we need is a damn ring. And that's what we're going to chase after this year. I'll clip that, bro. Kyle I'm sorry. Stamp that, Paul. Stamp that, Paul. Stamp that, Paul. When Kyle was in South Bend, when we was living in the crib, we always had this kind of controversy of which is the hardest position, corner and safety, outside of quarterback. And mm-hmm. you played both. You played corner in uh, college and then obviously mm-hmm. safety in the league. At the college level, what do you think is harder? At the college level between yeah. those two? Because I, I, I would I would argue that nickel might be nickel one of the harder positions on the on the football field. Mm-hmm. Because Cage. Uh, Cage. Huh? Shout out KJ. He plays That's what I, I'm playing nickel right now at Tech. Yeah. Honestly, you you basically just a, a smaller version of a safety, but you're you're now you got to cover in the slot. Like covering the slot got to be one of the hardest shit to do. Anybody said covering the slot one maybe hard at corner. If you're smart enough, and and I was never I played corner in college, and I'm not I'm not the fastest on the field, but I was smart enough to know how to use my leverage, how to use my hand, how to understand route concepts, how to understand you know I understand the game of football. At, the, at this level, I might not be able to do that shit. Them boys is them boys out there. <laughs> running running hard but i know i know i know where to look i know how to put myself in position at safety to where i can make plays and that's why i think i was able to transition so easy from corner to safety because i had been in that position before i understand how the corner is thinking in certain situations and i can kind of bounce off of that and you know mike played corner in iowa too where both corners converted to safeties and so i mean you know that's i i think him and i just you know will continue to show what we can do and and obviously there's a lot of work to be done man i'm not you know i'm not trying to be up here saying you know we this that the other but to, to be honest i mean we we have been but nobody talks about it so we definitely want to get some people to talk about this year but i feel like there's like a stigma too with the league because everybody talk about in college how the team is closer it's not a bit it's not so much of a business and as the nfl mm-hmm. is and you have the time and uh i guess space to make those relationships so it's kind of cool how y'all in the league and this quote unquote right. business savvy cutthroat business and y'all were y'all were able to build that brotherhood and, and see it's not like that everywhere man like and, and if you do got it like you know take advantage of it if you do you come in the league you got some good vets bro like take advantage of it because you know good vets they they i mean they, they'll help you learn how to be a professional like there's certain things 
that you got to do to be a professional. You know what I'm saying? You can't just come in, clock in, clock out, go to work, go to practice, you know what I'm saying? And get your shit and get out. You know what I'm saying? There's a process to everything. And I think young guys coming in, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them get lost in the sauce, but a lot of the good ones come in, they learn a process, they find a vet, they learn a process that, that, and it's always tweaking. My shit's still tweaking. Like I, I still tweak my process, but I was able to learn from guys, see how they took care of their bodies, see how they, you know, watch film, see how they did this, see how they did that. And the guy, I just built it into my own, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, that's every player, they build it into their own, but I think, you know, a lot of young guys will get caught into, you know, I, dude, I, I had, we had a corner, Justin Gilbert. Y'all probably remember him. The most, one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen uh, play, play that position. Just unbelievable athleticism, but a guy who came in and really didn't, he, he really didn't ask for help. You know, he didn't ask to, he just thought he kind of had it figured out. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to talk, you know, he's doing great now. Uh, I'm sure. And, and, but there's, you see that type of stuff. You, you, you know, as a young guy, I couldn't say nothing to him. He was the first round pick. I was, I was nobody. It was like, but I, I saw guys like Jim Leonard, Deshaun Gibson, Dante Whitner, and damn, I'm aging myself. Those boys, some of y'all might not even heard of some of them, bro. But like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's ten a, years ago. I'm the, that's OGs. That's OGs right there. It's crazy, right? But uh, you know, I molded it into myself, and that's the same thing. Like even even now, like I see Mike and I will race to the tubs, see who's the first one in the tubs in the morning. That's how him and I are so competitive, bro. Like that's what's crazy. It's like it's a, like it, we're brothers. Like I don't want to go to the to the to the facility. And see his ass in there already in the tub watching film. Like and he's already ahead of me. So fuck. Now I gotta find some way to catch up. Maybe maybe I'm in the in the lunchroom or something, you know, after practice and I'm watching the film. So that's how we we kept go. We just do that. It's crazy. And uh, you know, it's been a it's been a cool recipe, I guess you could say, uh, for what we've done so far. For all that being said, I got the Ravens yeah. week four. Sorry, bro. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> you get messy. My, my, my yeah. wife's, uh, my wife's, don't do that, bro. My wife's, uh, <laughs> my wife's uh, sister's boyfriend is a Ravens fan. He's from, uh, he played basketball here at FAU. He's from Baltimore. He tried to bet the damn playoff game, man. He was like, look, he's like, if, uh, if, if the Ravens beat y'all, I don't even remember what it was. So they didn't win. I didn't even care. And he's like, if y'all win, if y'all, beat, if y'all beat my Ravens, he's like, I'll get a Bills tattoo. I'm like, all right. Nice. Wait, did he, he had to go get, he had to go get a Bills tattoo. I'm like, I converted him to a Bills fan now. He's going to the games and shit, wearing my jersey and shit, like in the crowd. Like, you know, <laughs> so, he a Bills fan now. But I'll tell you, all right, that's, that's a bet, bro. That's a bet. I like that bet. I like that challenge. <laughs> I'm going to need that jersey, though, for real. That's what, that's what bet, I'm going to need. I'm going to need sure. that jersey. No, I'm already on Nick's head about, about the game, for sure. Kind of shifting gears, I want to touch on the, the baseball stuff a little bit. I feel like that's cool. And obviously, you, you said, like, you felt the adrenaline rush of, like, playing football, like, getting that pick. And you kind of knew what you want to do at that point. But, like, growing up, was it weird not knowing which one you wanted to do and just kind of feeling it out? Is it times where you, like, I know you're blessed right now. You've been in a great position. But it's like, dang, like, I miss baseball, like, <laughs> watching this game, stuff like that. Yeah, there used to be times like that, especially after I saw all saw them damn contracts going out. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> all guaranteed, too. Yeah. But, no, man, I mean, I was extremely blessed to be around the people I was in high school to, like, kind of help me guide me. Cause I was scouts. There was, I'm at 1.20 scouts coming to my games, watching me play baseball because I was a mm. lot better. I was a way better baseball player than I was. What position were player. you? I was outfield. I played center and right. And I had oh, gotcha. I can I couldn't play the infield. That's what I could not do, but I could hit. I hit like three, four, five, 
and I played center Damn. and right, bro. And Dude. I was, I was, I was nice. And it was a, it was a sport that I loved. It was just, it wasn't as exciting to me, uh, especially yeah. once I got to the to the college level. Because I mean, the way them baseball, them baseball players in, in high school, you're not at the baseball park all day. Like if you go to practice for two hours, the baseball they are at the park all day. Like I'm talking yeah. like you got BP here. It's just a, it's a totally different schedule. I don't know if I was necessarily ready for it. I, I mean, you know, I, I did it, you know, I, I did it, but it was like, holy shit, like, this is crazy. So in high school, though, I had scouts come in and um, I remember meeting some of the scouts at this uh, for the Baltimore Orioles at the time. And I remember he told me, like, my draft grade was anywhere from the second to the sixth round. And so that's where he saw me getting drafted with during the draft. And he asked me, he's like, but I need to know, like, what your signability is. And basically in high school, you can get drafted out of high school and still decide to go play college and be like F that. So they ask you what's your signability. And at the time I had already signed to go to Oregon state and I had already promised the coach there that I would come play baseball there. And so I told him, I was like, look, I got this opportunity to go to Oregon state and play two sports. Like if, if it works out to, you know, I want to continue to play baseball and football. If it works out in two years that you guys want to draft me again, we'll see what happens. And so, my, I told him my signability wasn't high, and I still got drafted. I still went to the Miami Marlins. They were the, were they? No, they were, they were the Florida Marlins back then. They're the Miami Marlins now, and drafted in the 40, 42nd round. And, I mean, I so I just obviously decided to go play at Oregon State, but it, you know, it was a it was a hard decision because you know you see a lot of that those zeros. That, I mean, shoot, he he said first check you get is like you know three hundred thousand dollar check, and I mean, eighteen years old in high school. I'm like, oh shit what yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah, like, right. hey. mm-hmm. but you know i kind of invested in myself and i was like look that money will still be there down the line and you know i wanted to really wanted to experience going to college and seeing what that was like i, I probably that first three years of my high school or my co- or my nfl career i would look back and be like dang like you know especially in the hard times it was like you know i wasn't playing a lot you know really kind of unsure where my career was going like dang like what if i just you know, put the put the football cleats down and, and started playing baseball again. Um, you know, so those thoughts definitely did cross my mind, but I, I'm happy I stuck with it, obviously, because you know I'm going into year ten now, which is crazy. Like, I mean, that's a long time. That's ten a blessing, years, bro. like wow. But you know, it's a extreme, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, football has given me everything. You know, obviously met my wife through football. My daughter, that's a blessing to me, and you know, it's given me everything that that I have right now. And I want to continue to you know, cherish the game and appreciate the game, you know, because like you guys know, I always say the game's like your girlfriend, you know, you're going to get in, you're going you gonna to get in out of the game what you put in. So, you know, you put in the work, the game's going to respect you back. So, um, you know, that's what I believe in. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I watched your documentary after I came back. That's pretty dope, man. Seeing I appreciate, like, I appreciate you know, it, bro. School and then how it transitioned. That's pretty dope. I appreciate but, uh, it. You obviously uh, like stemming from I don't know when it started. College, NFL. You you battled your own mental uh, issues, right. and I wanted to speak on that a little bit and see how you persevered through that and how how you got through that adversity. Yeah, man. I mean, damn, where to start? Holy cow! I mean, so I've been I've been sober two and a half years now. I'm uh, recovering alcoholic. Uh, shoot, you could you could say that it probably started. Uh, my issues probably started in college, um, and I really was I didn't really didn't even realize it at the time. But in in high school, I was pretty sheltered. My parents really both they worked at a juvenile delinquent center, so I didn't get away with a whole lot of shit in high school. Um, mm. I remember my mom throwing me in one of the cells and said, "Jordan, like this is you know you keep oh, going down that path, you go on like you gonna end up in here." And I was like, "I never want to be in that shit again." She threw me in there for fifteen minutes, but I was twelve years old, like just crying, like what the fuck. Yeah. So I got to college, and I mean, yeah, I know, man. Like you get to college, it's a whole new world. It's like yeah. what? Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Where yeah. we like we going here? We doing what? Like I ain't gotta be home at a certain time. Like dang. So I'm I'm wide eyed from a small town, bro, and like wide eyed, and you know, obviously now I'm playing as a freshman, so I'm thinking I'm big shit on campus, like you know, true freshman playing, whatever. I'm at you know all the parties, you know, all, I'm come on, man, like you know what it is, bro. Like, you know, yeah, you know, don't need to explain that. Time, yeah, you know yeah. Don't need to explain that. You good? You're right. And so uh, I always tell people, you know, I, you know, drinking at that time, you know, I could drink, 
I could get up and, and go to my six o'clock workouts, no problem. Probably be a little hungover, but you know, I'll sweat it out in 20 minutes and you know, yeah, energy. I I know you're a demon, yeah. That's just what needed to be done, right. bro. I mean, that's just, I, I could do it. I don't know. I don't know how I did it. You know, I I drank all the way through. I I'll continue to, but you're gonna see. So I kept, you know, just going to parties, drinking, and and every party, I'd always have to be the most live one. I'd always have to be the one that got the most lit, getting everybody else the most lit. You know what I'm saying? Just having the having the most fun time. Like we used to have some banging blockhouse parties, bro. It was just it was fun, bro. But then I always felt, you know, I transitioned, go to go to Philly. Um, like I said, it was my first time ever going to the East Coast. When I went to Philly, I was by myself. Yeah, I've been to Philly. Philly wild too. I mean, I've been Xfinity live over there by the damn by the damn stadium. Like, I mean, it was me and a couple of buddies after every game. We was going in there. I mean, I was I was single at the time too. I'm in the league. I got a little bit of money. I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Trying to do this or that, whatever. You know, still drinking, but still not really realizing, you know, what it's doing to me. And I'm still drinking because it's fun. I'm still drinking because yeah. I'm enjoying it. Get cut from Philly, go to go to Cleveland. Cleveland was just Dog, like I tell you, we had it was, we had a lot of drinkers on that team, and Bro. we sucked. Jeez. We were trash. It was the whole Johnny Manziel era, Josh Gordon. Oh, like, wow. we had, we had so oh. much talent on that team. Oh <laughs> we had so much talent on that team. It was garbage, and so I mean, Cleveland was a cool <laughs> was a cool city. And wow, like I mean, what you do after you lose, man? It was like we suck, man. Like all right, we finna go out, pop some more bottles, you know, try to make something of it. So yeah, that was my time in Cleveland, bro, for like three and a half years, man, doing that. Like we um we didn't have one winning season out there. I met some cool people out there, but some people that probably influenced me in ways that, you know, not 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 saying anything that they did. It's just, you know, decisions that I made around them, you know, it wasn't the right decisions at the time. And I get hurt my fourth year, lacerating my kidney, running down on punt. A dude blindsized me. It was week six. The first year I was starting, the first year I earned a starting position through training camp, like Jordan New starter. So I'm starting the first four games. I'm playing well. Or first six, I'm playing well. I had two sacks. I had like 41 tackles already. Like I'm playing well. Boom, get blindsided. Dog, go to the doctor. I'm in the hospital for three days, have internal bleeding. Doctor tells me like, hey, you know, you you was this close from having, you could have bled out. Um, You're not take you're not to take rest for a little while so i had to rest from uh, september october it was the end of october I, re- I couldn't lift i couldn't run do nothing from, from what november all like what that feel like getting hit it just it's felt like i had a cramp like right in my my stomach and so when they took the x-ray there was a slit on my liver like this long and it mm. was it was bleeding from the inside so after i got hit i, yeah. I coughed like I, initially, I thought the wind was knocked out of me, and they took me inside, and I coughed. I coughed up some blood. I went to the bathroom. I started pissing blood. So initially, they just rushed me to the hospital. Damn. So it just I felt like that, hit that you felt before. Nah, I got smacked, bro. Oh, if well. you ever check, check it out, nah, I got smacked, bro. And like, nah, it was. They threw the flag. It was a bullshit ass hit, bro. It was bullshit because the dude reverse field. And it was one of those blindside hits you can't do no more. Like he, yeah. it was the, so the last, it was the, 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 uh, the end man on the line of scrimmage. He goes to try to block the punt, misses, and he circles all the way around. Uh, the dude, back. And the, dog, the, the dude reverse field. And I was chasing him down, about to make the tackle. And I just, I mean, he hit me with everything, bro. Jeez. And so we got the win. I feel like uh, went to the hospital. Basically told me I had to rest for, that was the end of my, my season there. I didn't know what the fuck was yeah. going to happen. So. All I had to do was rest, and and that was that was what my treatment was. I didn't go to the facility anymore. It was a blessing in disguise. My my wife was present at the time, and I was able to 
you know, be there for, for my daughter. But she, uh, you know, I didn't know where I was going then. So what did I, what did I start doing is I kind of went to alcohol at that moment right there. That's when I, that's when I always say like, that's where I started to realize like I have a problem because, you know, when I was stressed out, when I was, um, you know, when things weren't going well, I started going, I started leaning on alcohol to kind of help me with, to, to cope with it. Cause you know, when you're, when you're drunk, when you're, you know, you're not in your own state of mind, you can kind of forget about things a lot easier. You know, you can kind of, you know, just kind of coast through things a lot easier. And I didn't realize I, it probably took me until, uh, so I got signed to Buffalo, you know, I remember the morning I went to, uh, sign my contract. I was hung over shit. I was like, uh, it was, I don't know, bro. It was, I was, I went out, I went out in town. I was super excited. Bill's fans showed me mad love, give me shots. I was late to the damn, to the SUV in the morning, but it, it, it there, bro. Like, I started drinking for the wrong reasons. I started, you know, and then I get to Buffalo my first year, 2017, I had five picks. I had five fucking picks my first year in Buffalo. It was crazy. That career high? That was my career high. And then I tied it this last year with another five. Yeah. But it was, it, was my career, it was my career high, five picks. Both Mike and I had five picks. And so going into the offseason, I'm feeling myself again. Like, damn, this is cool. I got a little bit more money in my pocket. So, like, it was like a new me. And the, But then – what you know, and I'm out partying all the time. When, you know, um, yeah, just out of lib, bro. Just popping bottles, bro. Just you know, I'm having fun with it now. I'm having fun with the alcohol, so I kind of forgot about the stress part, and now it's more fun again. Now the season starts rolling around, all these expectations start coming on, and it was like a whirlwind full of like, dog, like, damn, this is the first time in my career I had expectations really going into a season that like you got to play well or else or else this that the other so i go into the season and like i played okay i had i think it was year i had two picks i had like 103 tackles but yeah the it was it was the hardest year of my life because we didn't make the playoffs that year and we we were terrible but mm-hmm. it just i wasn't playing up to the to the way i thought i could be playing and alcohol obviously played a part in that but i wasn't i was tricking my mind to think like nah it's not the alcohol like you've done this your whole life you've been you've been getting up at six o'clock in the morning since you were in college like you've been balling all life like figure it out man i mean it got to a point when we finally uh drinking so much we finally lost into it was 2018 or uh yeah 2018 2019 maybe we lost to houston in the playoffs i don't know if y'all remember but we went into overtime and we came on basically it wasn't supposed to be a zero blitz, but we fucking blitzed zero the ass. And he threw a hitch out to Taiwan Jones. And Taiwan Jones took it down the sideline. And they kicked the field goal to win the game. And after that game, bro, like, I was so sick. I, 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 you probably heard it in my documentary. I yeah, drank every I day. Yeah. I drank every day until um, until I finally ended up getting sober. Um, yeah. But it was like, I, I just felt hopeless. I felt sick. I didn't know what to do. Like, and I was... You know, I, it, there was shit I could have done differently, but I was using alcohol to cope with all my problems. It was my my relationship wasn't where I wanted it to be. My off the field shit wasn't where I wanted it to be. Like we just, you know, it was just a devastating loss. Like I'm getting there's blame getting put on all players. This or the other fire everybody through this or the other. And I just wanted it all to go away. Yeah. And so I just started drinking, and finally, finally, it got to a point my wife couldn't handle it anymore. And you know, I had to make a decision. Um, I had to make a huge decision. You know, there was a you know, life event that happened that kind of 
you know, fucking made me just finally click. Like, damn, Jay, like, what you doing, bro? Like, you throwing your whole life away. Like, you got, look at what you got. Like, I'm sitting here looking around like, damn, like, look what you got. You got family that loves you. You got, you know, daughter looks up to you. Like, you got people that look up to you. And you just sitting here over here. And I had to wake up real quick. And so I had to make a decision. So I went to AA. And, dog, like, the first AA meeting I went to, it was like it blew my mind, bro. Because like my mom, my mom's been sober a year and three days before me, and so she was kind of the first person I went to when I was like, "Mom, I got an issue. Like, you know, I can't handle my alcohol. Not only can I not handle it, like I'm using it, I'm using mm-hmm. it to help cope with me." Like, and she had told me, you know, Jordan, just try to go to AA. She had been telling me for like six months, just try to go to AA, just check it out, because it helped her. And so finally, I was like, I put my pride aside go in this AA meeting and you know I'll never forget like just the love that I got in there for one but there was this particular lady who I've never seen since this day and I I I maybe never see her again but she told a story about how her dad was her dad was in the hospital that day dying and you know she said she had been sober for six years or something like that and she had never missed a winter is Wednesday she had never missed a Wednesday AA meeting in all those six years and it's because it's really helped and she had a decision that day whether to stay with her dad in the hospital or come to the AA meeting and she oh, said wow. you know she she prayed on it and she said um you know she came to the AA meeting in hopes that she'll see that in hopes of seeing somebody new trying to help save them save their lives and you know she's crying and then she looks up and she's I'm just so thankful looking at me she's like, i'm so thankful that you're in here right now again when i got in there dude everybody was shaking hands everybody had already known each other so i could tell like right away like i'm the i'm kind of the odd one out you know and, yeah. but and so she said she kind of telling her story you know my dad's in the hospital and she looks up and she's looking at me she's like thank you for coming in here and 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 wanting to get help for you and your family who, who whoever it is she's like you've taken wow. the right steps and coming in here and i mean that moment right there dude i was like dude if you can't i mean if there's nothing else in this world that's going to tell you something like i mean that's it right there like in right your sure. face like, you know what i'm saying so um, it was kind of like from that moment on you know i kept going to aa meetings um and it really changed my perspective not just you know it, it changed my perspective on life dude because you know all the a lot of these people are in there telling their stories about you know, how they became, became addicts and, you know, how they became, now they're sober for 50 years, but they're telling stories about how parents beating them, like, you know, and, and, and parents in that alcohol situation and they have to live in the streets for X amount of years. And I'm sitting here thinking about like, dog, like you mad because you lost a game? You know what I'm saying? Like you mad because you, because you, you got an argument with your lady? Like, yeah. like wait, fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like you are, you, you stressing about all the wrong shit. And you know, was, that kind of clicked for me and that kind of continued to click. And now I've been able to propel that and and, and use my voice and with the platform that I've, I've built to help others, because, uh, you know, I think it's important. You know, one of the main reasons why I came out and told told my story, I was never going to come out and say, you know, oh, I got an alcohol problem. But uh, Vincent Jackson died. Uh, he was a receivers or he was a receiver for the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. When I grew up, I liked watching him, and he passed away in February, the month before I was about to be a year sober. And I'm sitting, I'm literally sitting on this computer right here, reading his story. And you know, his parents had made made a quote in one of the ESPN articles talking about how you know alcohol played a part in his life, and how you know he passed away in his hotel room, you know, by himself. Wow. Like that's how he, that's how he died, and that's how they found him. And I'm reading the stories talking about how alcohol played an effect in his life, and I'm like, damn, man, like. If only he had someone to talk to, if only, you know, he could have reached out to me and, you know, I could let him know, like, dude, like, 
you're not alone, man. Like, you know, there's people out here, there's athletes out here. A lot of people got, a lot of athletes got problems, bro. Like, like you be, I mean, I'm not going to say you'd be surprised mm-hmm. because you probably shouldn't be surprised. A lot of people, I mean, off the field, it's shit. There's a lot of shit mentally going on with a lot of people. And so I wanted to be that voice. I wanted to be that, that way that, that, that people can reach out to and be like, yo, like, you know, I need help. And it, it's crazy. Cause I mean, some, I'm still getting DMs from people talking about this, this lady. I don't know. If, hold on. Let me see if I can. Let me see. Can y'all still see me? I'm no, going to read y'all this. I'm going to read y'all this tweet that uh, she tweeted me. She said, thank you so much. I was kind of watching the clip about you speaking about your personal battle. I appreciate your awareness you brought to the community as well as myself. So thank you for speaking up. That was last year. That was January 5th. And yesterday she wrote me saying, made it 365 days sober. Again, thank you for giving me the strength to make a sobriety okay and make it okay to talk about. And so like me, it's just like stuff like that. Like it continues to inspire me to like, if I can help one person, like that's, I mean, that that feels like, damn good to be able to say like yeah. damn like you you heard me and you you got help for yourself like i mean that continues to inspire me to want to help and and stay sober too it's not easy though there's times where you know i'm out on these boats you know and everybody's out drinking and i'm like man that shit look fun as shit you know mm. but i you know i i've put it in my head i've made a commitment to not only myself or my family but those who look up to me and 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 see me as a as a as a whatever they want to call it as a role model as a voice um to help you know help them through their battles and so you know that's a lot of my alcohol story you know i'm still you know it's not it's not perfect you know i there's still a lot of things that i can still continue to work on but uh like i said i just want to continue to use my voice uh to help others who who do need help that's amazing and that's real i appreciate that yeah appreciate that yeah thank you for sure I feel like you being in the NFL and athletes, even at the college level, can probably can understand this. Like people put us or athletes on a pedestal, whereas though For they sure. don't really understand that we go through similar mental issues as everyone else. For and sure. For sure. Especially as athletes, like we feel like we're on that pedestal. And so like now we feel like I can't I can't ask somebody for help because they're going to see me like this. I can't. I can't tell somebody about their, my problems because they're going to see me like this. Like mm-hmm. I got to the point where I don't give a damn what people see me like anymore. Like it is, cause that's not real life to me. Like what people see me as is like, well, they, what they want to say about me, that's not real life to me. Like well, my actions are, are real life and what I do is real life to me. And so, you know, like I said, people put us on this pedestal and that's, especially as men athletes, like I feel like we feel we got to be so like, ah, oh, no, I can handle myself. You know, not nah, like it, it's okay to ask somebody, ask your, ask your brother, ask your partner. Like, you know, I told Micah many times, like, dog, I got an issue, bro. Like, you know, I can't, I can't come to, I can't come to y'all function tonight because I know I'm going to get lit. Like, I just know it. And, you know, and that was another thing, like to be able to open up to those guys. You know, I tell you how close we are with those guys. I remember going to Virginia when I, I had been sober for three and a half months and all those guys, those guys know me as DJ Poyo because when I get lit, I'm on the DJ booth. And when I get lit on the DJ booth, I start rapping. And so it's crazy. It's uh, just a whole great story. <laughs> and so all those, all those boys, all those boys, uh, you know, call me DJ Poyo. So we're out in Virginia doing off-season workouts during the COVID year. And, you know, we had finished our workouts. Everybody at Jano's crib and he's pouring up shots. And, you know, I get it. Enough. It was the first time I ever got a drink, you know, handed in front of me, you know, in a situation. And now I was like, nah, I'm good. And everybody, like, at the room stopped. Like, everybody like, yo, like, Poe, like, chill the play out. Like, we take the shot. I'm like, yo, like, look, man, like, I've been, I've been at it too hard. 
Like I've been mm-hmm. sober for X amount of time now. You know, I just really, I'm looking for y'all support in this man. Cause I'm really trying to change shit around. And I mean, the love that I got from him, the support that I got from him. I mean, I'll never forget. It felt powerful to be able to say no in that situation right there in front of those grown men and then respect that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for some reason that felt powerful and that was something that I wanted to keep. So that continued to motivate me through my sobriety um, and, it'll, and it'll continue to motivate me through it. Definitely. And you spoke about your, uh, your wife and we are all, all getting older and stuff like that, having to be their healthy relationships and stuff like that. It's kind of dope how she was able to help you through that and yeah. be by your side. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we just got an argument earlier, but I'll give her, I'll give her credit. Uh, I'll give her credit. She uh, she put up with a lot, man. You know, when I met her, I was already kind of a mess, but she stuck with me and she saw the good in me. And you know, I'm extremely blessed to be able to have her in my life. And she never gave up on me, which she probably could have many times. And to be here two and a half years later and to see you know where our relationship has gone, even though we do get into some stupid ass arguments. Sometimes, you know, it's crazy. That's everybody, though. That's everybody. Right. You just, know, it's, trust me, you're not alone. Hey, I told you to put the trash bag in the, in the damn bin that you took the trash out. Like, I took the trash out. You put the damn bin in. <laughs> but now, again, I appreciate, appreciate you saying that because, I mean, it definitely could have gone a lot of different ways on a lot of different days. And, I mean, yeah, it's good to see you in the position you are now. And as a safety, and I'm sure everybody else is a football player, like, obviously look up to you. You've been doing your job at a high level for a long time. So appreciate to hear that, somebody bro. like on that pedestal, like really be vulnerable and stuff like that is pretty dope, especially in the sport that we're in. So um appreciate that. But um appreciate that, bro. so like we're kind of going back on the connection you and Micah had or have now and like creating that connection, respect and stuff like that. As a rookie coming in, I'm playing safety, same thing. Uh, I got guys like Marcus Williams, like Chuck Clark, Tony Jefferson, like Gino, like all these guys in my room. I'm the only young guy. And I know, and I'm cool with all of them, but it's the difference between being, like, cool with somebody and having respect for somebody, especially at this level. So what advice would you give, like, all of us, like, whatever we're going into, being a young guy, like, what's the best way, in your eyes, to gain respect from an older guy? Damn. I mean... A great question, what? by the way. Huh? Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's a great question, question, buddy. It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Well, one, I think coming in, obviously... We're all we're all talented in our own way. I think one thing that I, I wish I did better was believe in my own talent that I can do whatever it was that I was asked to do. And and that and, and it's hard when I from it was for me anyway when I'm coming in because you know I went to Oregon State, you know, from a small town. Now I'm in Philadelphia with playing for the Philly Eagles. Like what? Like seventh round pick. Am I good enough to be here? Am I, you know what I'm saying, am I strong enough to be here? Am I tall? Like, whatever it was, like, all those negative thoughts creeping in my head. Where I'm at now in my in my mind space, like, oh, God, if I was if I was uh, in that same mind space, like, when I was a rookie, I mean, I don't even know what it's. I, I might be real, real dangerous out there. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm dangerous out there, but I might have been real dangerous out there. You know what I'm saying? But uh, respect is earned. It's not given, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. you're a high-round pick, bro, like, you're talented enough to be there, understanding that coming in and just taking and embracing like the culture. It sounds cliche, but bro, if the rookie, if the vets are asking you to go get some shit, the training camp, you know what I'm saying? It's little shit like that that's gonna continue to add up. Coming to work on time, doing doing extra shit. Like they, they everybody sees that, bro. And like asking questions. I'm a vet that I like, I like when a rookie kind of asks me something because he's kind of challenging me and I'm able to, I'm able to kind of bounce back and I'm still learning off of that. Like I'm still learning teaching you. 
because I, I always wanted to be the vet that I really didn't have. Like, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like I had good vets, but I wanted to be the vet that like, you know, I'll show you, I'll show you the way how to do it. You just watch what I do. And this is how you be successful. And there's some vets like that, but like just watch and observe, bro. And like, when it's your time to, to perform, I mean, you're going to make plays on the field. You're going to earn that respect regardless, but just continue to do the little things you know, off the field, um, asking questions, like being attentive. There's some vets, you might, they might not, we had Lee Smith, bro. Lee Smith was the worst. Um, he's a year older than me now, but like he would be a vet that I would have hated to come in as a rookie because he treated all the rookies like shit. But it, it was really was <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Don't ever take it personal, bro. Like, you know, don't ever take the shit personal, bro. Because there's some old grumpy ass vets that been in the league a long time that don't want to see you know, them, them little rookies coming in and, and, and talking back or doing this or that other, bro. Embrace your culture, bro. Embrace, you know, the guys around you. Learn from the guys around you who've been there. Understand what your coach is asking you to do. And, and really, a lot of guys get in trouble trying to do their own thing. You know, every system, every defense is a, is, is a system. And the system only works if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're looking at what you're supposed to be looking at. If the guys mm. next to you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you know, the system doesn't work if, like, if you're trying to disguise, like, if you're trying to disguise, you got you got one safety showing in the middle of the field, and, you know, you got the other safety kind of right next, you know, whatever it is, bro, like, it's all got to be in, in the same tune. So, you know, continue to build that relationship with those guys because, you know, you're not going anywhere, you know. And so it's, it's being able to come into work every day, understanding that you are a rookie and you've got to earn those stripes. You know, but at the same time, right now, Kyle, I already know this is the first break that you've had. Shit, you are you still in Baltimore right now, or are you back home? This I just first got break back you, two days ago. Right, yeah. This first break that you've had since shit, probably before your your junior year. It's gonna be a long season, bro. But you know, put your head down and just grind it out, bro, one day at a time, and, and learn from the older guys. You know, build that trust. Let them guys know that they can trust you. Um, that's the biggest thing out there on the field. It's like you know, I want to be able to. As an older vet, you know, I want to be able to at the young guys coming in and I tell them, hey, Cloud, like, hey, press that. Like, you know, I, he needs to be able to go down there and do that. Like, no, don't play off. Like, hey, go press that. Like, I got you nice. over the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you to press it for a reason. Don't come play off because you fucking up the defense. Like, I've been in the defense long enough. Those guys that have been there have been in the defense long enough, bro. Like, mm -hmm. and, and if I fuck him up, I always I always own up to that. Like, I'll be like, yo, I told him to press coach. Like, that's, that's on me. And a vet should do that. A, a good vet should do that bro like they tell you to do something and and you fuck it up and and the coach is like yo kyle why you why you do this like that bet like if he's a good bet he should be like nah coach that was on me man i i try to do something do this do that the weather i try to show something else you know those, those are the good bets and those are the guys that you want to be around bro like those are the guys you want to learn from and the guys that you want to be around because like i said like there's none there's I, I would like to think that there's a lot of good bets i'm sure you guys got some cool bets on the team bro but i think that's my my take on that one I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Really well, Definitely lock that in. So, all right. Transition over to outside the garage. Uh, Jordan, it's like a, a segment that we do where we get our friends, family, fans to access questions through the DMs. So this question comes from uh, Matt Morrison. Uh, it says, what's the one unpopular opinion that you will forever stand by? And Jordan, we're going to start <laughs> oh, with you. Shit. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> the one unpopular opinion? Yeah. Bro, you know what world we living in right now? There's a lot of unpopular opinions <laughs> out there right now. Holy <laughs> shit. Go ahead. Go you ahead. Choose be one. careful what you go say ahead. around here nowadays, boy. <laughs> As my gift. Buy it. Golly. I don't even know how to answer that. I got a lot, too. I got a lot, but I can't. I can't. 
There's a lot of there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this world right now. And I don't necessarily agree with a lot of it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it, I'll keep it at that. All right. Uh, um I'll go. Uh it's something we talked about on the past po- podcast. I'm gonna stand on. I don't think the coin flip is 50-50. And it actually started with the uh the Bills stuff with after that uh that game, but I don't think the coin flip is 50-50. I, I guess got it. Absolutely. We've been you over this game. <laughs> Come on, huh? bro. Are you are you saying uh, that's that's your opinion? You're saying that you don't think coin flip is 50-50? Yeah. What is the what is the percentage you say? I think it's more um Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? That would take a long while for me to fully explain. <laughs> and, I, and you and I can have that conversation for sure. But I think it's only 50-50 if time continues. If you stop it at a certain point, it's not 50-50. If you count all the coin tosses from today, what is it, June 26, from whenever the coin flip was invented, I can guarantee you that it wouldn't be 50-50. But like, yeah, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it like in that <laughs> moment it's 50-50? Like that certain... Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you a one time coin flip is 50 50. But you're saying the coin flips throughout the lifetime. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying say, if you stop right now and count. Oh, 100%. Every, yeah, it wouldn't be 50 50 or as close as people think because people say it's going to be like, what did you, you say? Like 49.9 or something like that? It's going to be damn close, Cam. But we don't, don't, need, to talk, we don't need to talk about it. It's going to be so close. It, but I don't think it'll find. be damn close. That'd be an interesting find. It'd be an interesting find. We can't do that conversation. Connor, Connor, what's your unpopular thing? Yeah, you got it, Connor. All right. Uh, we also talked, we talked about this in the last podcast. Actually, my unpopular opinion, I think Kyle shares this as well, is that Formula One drivers are athletes. I don't think that's so. unpopular. I think that's popular. I think my yeah, contrary is unpopular. Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe you're saying, not. You're saying yeah. they're not athletes? I don't think they're athletes. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, shit. Golf athletes? Yes. Yes. Cam, yes. 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 Hey, Jordan, I'm going to leave you with this because they, they, they got a lot of context that's hidden right Stop now. Stop it, bro. Yes, they're athletes, think, bro. I don't, think, I don't think athletes are superior than this competitive people. So I think you put these skill like competitive actors on the same plane as athletes but it takes a lot of athletic ability to be athlete golf pros don't have to jump high they don't have to run fast they don't have to be shifty they don't have to be quick they can just be really hey, good y'all, y'all be getting a lot of arguments huh yeah 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 Probably my um, one unpopular opinion Ooh. I got. Then what's what's the worst day? What's the worst day of the week for me? Yeah, like Thursday. Look, Thursday, you got the team run in the morning. That's you. That's your schedule. And on top of that, and on top of that, you looking for Friday? You looking for the weekend to come up? It's like you right there. Oh shit! Well, Thursday on on our week schedule is the worst. We got the run, the lift. See. School, see, school. see, yeah, school. yeah, tap in, yeah, lock but, it, yeah, but during the season, Thursday is not bad at all. Like you could argue Sunday be shitty too. I feel like you yeah. could argue that. And all season, I know it's a chill day, but like right now, like what time is it? Six thirty. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is this week, bro. I'm like, damn, bro. That'd be a long ass <laughs> week, bro. I wake up, I wake up cool. It's my only day to sleep in. I wake up cool like 8 30, 9 o'clock. Then, like, you know, me and Jesse with the fam and 
now I'm all I'm about to get off of this with y'all. I'm thinking about fuck. Dude, I got workout tomorrow, six o'clock. Like, damn. Mm. It might be the worst, bro. Right? I mean, but Monday definitely not the worst. Uh my unpopular opinion. I'm gonna leave the stuff stuff alone because I've been talking about that too much. It's gonna come from my head. But I think Drake is a better artist than Michael Jackson. And I got trash. Even after, for that. even after even after before after that last album you came out with. See, that's <laughs> the thing. Like that, I think that's <laughs> my just last like, album was fire, bro. You liked I it? Thought, I thought it was smooth. And Drake been giving us so much Drake. I mean, I've listened to it. Like, I thought, you know, it was one of those Drake albums that you had to listen to over and over and over again and kind of finally start to get the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? I've listened to it a couple of times and I just, you know, I'm a Drake fan too. Like, you know, I thought it was going to be a little bit. Light skin, bro. Of course. You know listen to it. Listen to it. Driving home at night. Driving through the city. It's kind of smooth. But everything else, I feel you can't just like put it on. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening on the way yeah. to workouts and shit. It wasn't. Yeah. That's not it. Yeah, but like, I think MJ was just ahead of his time. Like it was, it wasn't as diluted as it is now. And for Drake to be like as separate as he is with all these other artists who are still big, like Uzi, Future, whoever, Kendrick, J. Cole, like, and Drake is still Drake. Like it's like, it's like his name carries more weight. And like Michael Jackson was, it's like kind of like Michael Jordan. Like they was the first to do it. And I'm not taking nothing away from them, but like, if you put MJ in today's game, he'll still be MJ. He'll still be top whatever player in the league, but, like, he won't be MJ, like, Michael Michael Jordan, worldwide mogul. Oh, like, gone, bro. So you saying, are you just, is you, the time that, that, that they lived in was just, it kind of hurt their, are you saying it helped? I'm saying it helped because they were, like, one of, yeah. it was, like, one of yeah, one it, in their time. So you're saying if Michael Jackson was in this time now, he wouldn't be, it, him and, it wouldn't even be in the conversation with Drake? He'd be in the conversation, but he'd be, like, I think he'd be like Chris Brown. I agree with you, but I do think um, there's one of ones now because there's LeBron and it's LeBron and then everyone else. Yeah, but like it's it's not though. At the same time, it's all like you can argue Giannis, you can argue KD. No, but no one's argue. arguing. No one's right, arguing. People are Giannis, arguing KD right. and LeBron, but no one's arguing Giannis and LeBron. No one's yeah, arguing. No, no arguing yes, yes, folks is on. No, that's arguing. crazy. Yes, Giannis crazy. LeBron. Right, we'll be, what barbershop they in? That's crazy. No, I'm, not a, That's huge, crazy. I'm not a huge hoop fan. I'm not a huge hoop fan, but can you not put Steph in that same category? Yeah, yeah, yeah Steph, Steph, like Steph. whoever, like Steph, Steph, had, Steph is climbing. It, yeah, Steph is. Okay. Just yeah, had climbing. Magic, Magic, and Larry Bird, and like Kareem. He's talking about climbing. I'd say he's climbing up towards LeBron status. Yeah, I wouldn't Steph? say he's there though. Yeah, Steph. That's a whole different conversation. That's, that's, a, whole, like, yeah, okay. that's, that's a long conversation. Long conversation. My popular right. opinion: Drake is better than Michael Jackson. This is the last segment of the pod. Uh, we do it with all our guests. You kind of try to answer them as fast as you can. We used to say it's under a minute, but let's do it as fast as you can. We're just going to ask you rapid questions. First thing to come to mind, first answer. Don't hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Off the top. Acapella, like you said. Quick, quick as right. possible. All right, bet. Um, Hot Cheetos or Doritos? Doritos. West Coast or East Coast? East Coast. Two interceptions in the game or game stealing pick? Need a game still a pick. Uh, biggest pet peeve. Ooh, squeaky shoes. Uh, favorite artist. Uh, damn, there's a lot of them right now. I'll just I'll say Drake. A water park or amusement park. Ooh, uh, music park. Is Michael Jackson the best artist of all time? If not, who? 
he is he is one of them. I'd give him a top five of all time. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Drake being up there. And you know who I you know who I mess with tough and who's a very underrated. He's not one of the best all time, but Wiz Khalifa is a, mm. just a very underrated. Mm. That's underrated. a great. That's a great <laughs> opinion right there. Thank you. Hole in one at a public course or play Augusta. Hole in one at a public course. I agree. Really? I disagree. I golf disagree. In Arizona uh, definitely. Golf in Arizona or golf in Florida? Uh, Florida. Would you rather have to talk like Baby Yoda or breathe like Darth Vader? <laughs> breathe like Darth Vader. <laughs> Most underrated pet animal? Uh, English Bulldog. Are Reese's the top three candy? Reese's Pieces? No. Or Reese's the Cup? Cup. The Cup, yes. Uh, rather live in Central America or Europe? Central America. Is sushi a top five food? No. Flappy Bird or Temple Run? Uh, Temple Run. Cookies or cream, ice cream, or chocolate mint? Cookies and cream. Dustin Johnson or Rory? Uh, Rory. Yes, let's go. <clears throat> Disagree. Are F1 drivers athletes? Uh, we just discussed that, no. Are you ticklish? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> are you a a homebody or are you always on the go always on the go what was your favorite go-to party fit in college uh the sweats and a t-shirt bro was athletes you ain't had to pull up with nothing crazy (laughs) uh pepsi or dr pepper dr pepper all right and this is the last one would you rather play around with elon musk jay-z and dizel washington or lebron james Samuel Jackson and Jeff Bezos. The first one, Elon Musk, Jay-Z, and who else? Denzel Washington. Then Denzel. That's, that's, I feel like that's a no-brainer. Uh, wait, wait, which one you say you uh, disagree with, Kyle? You'd rather play at Augusta rather than get you a hole in one? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather play at Augusta than get a hole in one at, like, some uni, some uni course. You see, you're going to go to Augusta and shoot about a 120, and you're going to be mad as hell that you it's drove still all Augusta, the way out though. there. Had to <laughs> at the same course. time... You can't I can be that guy. Augusta. I can be that guy on Master yeah. Sunday. Be like, yeah, I played. I played there. I Dude, played there. I'm gonna be that guy. I'm, like, damn, for real, what you shoot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know. Scorecard got burnt. Nah, but I appreciate you joining, bro. Appreciate you. Nah, sharing. for sure, man. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. All for advice, real. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all listening too. Yep. Yep. That boy's easy. Appreciate you, bro. Yep. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. 
from memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long. Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.